The text this evening is found in John's Gospel, the 11th chapter, and I'll read verses 17 through 26. John chapter 11, beginning with verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This Easter, as with every Easter, we celebrate the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The resurrection of Christ from the dead, as we heard in this morning's message, is the core of the gospel of our Christian faith. It proves his triumph over death, hell, and the grave. It also confirms that everything that Jesus taught and preached during his earthly ministry is true. Had he not risen from the dead, had just died a martyr, he would simply be known as having been a great teacher and a prophet. However, his resurrection provided final and undeniable proof that he was and is the Son of God, and that his promise to us that would believe of salvation and eternal life are also true. The Apostle Paul to the Romans said that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. His atonement on the cross paid the sin price that we could not pay so we can be justified by faith but it is his resurrection that placed our Savior on the right hand of God to make intercession for us to provide for that justification and to allow us to have hope then of eternal life Brother Dave also referenced this morning, I, I did ask Brother Dave to take it light on the resurrection, and you can see how much pull I had. He mentioned 
where Paul, to the Corinthian church, told them, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. The Apostle Paul was in a a unique position to be able to have them consider that. Prior to his conversion, he would have at the very least have been taught by the Pharisees, by ones like Amaliel, that it was his disciples, Jesus' disciples, who had stolen his body away. And so as he persecuted the Christian faith, this would have been his belief. But he went on, of course, to say, but now is Christ risen from the dead. How could he make that bold statement? Because he was in a condition of unbelief, persecuting the Christian faith, and he met the risen Christ. There on the road to Damascus, there he experienced, just like Brother Dwayne, the resurrection power. And that power is really about who it is invested in. Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, he was, is, and always will be the resurrection and the life. We find the hope of the resurrection and what many believe to be the oldest book of the Bible, Job, in Job 19, verses 25 to 27. Job here is speaking really from the the pit of grief and pain and suffering, humility, in a horrible situation, and yet he declares his unshakable faith in a redeemer. And this was long before the word of God was recorded. It was before the law was given to Moses. So this entirely rested and was rooted in a love and a devotion, a sacrificial prayer life that he had with the God of heaven. So he could say, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skins worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Here in just three short verses, he declares his belief in the Redeemer, in the incarnation of that Redeemer, in the atonement of that Redeemer, and in the resurrection of the body. Job had really no hope in his temporal life. 
In fact, perhaps even at that time as he declared these words, soon he thought he was going to surely return to the dust. But yet in his heart, in his faith, burst out his solid belief in the resurrection and in a Redeemer who had the power to perform it. Deuteronomy 34, 5 says, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. This would have been in about 1451 B.C. Yet 1500 years later, we find Moses is recorded in Mark's gospel on the Mount of Transfiguration, meeting with the Lord and Elijah to discuss the Lord's upcoming death and what it would accomplish at Jerusalem. Luke recorded it this way. He said, and there appeared unto them, that's to Peter, James, and John, Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So the belief in the power of the resurrection and the Redeemer was evident and proven in the Old Testament. During Jesus' ministry, there were the religious leaders that refused to believe that he was that Redeemer, that they had longed to pray for the Messiah. They claimed to him to be Abraham's children, to be Abraham's descendants, the ones that were to be the recipients of the covenants made to Abraham. Well, he told them, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. Well, that blew them away. How is that possible? You're not even 50 years old. Abraham had died over 1,800 years before that. Yet the Lord went on to tell them before Abraham was I am. Jesus is the I am. And that's why he could say to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. When our Lord received the news that Lazarus was sick, he told the messengers that Martha and Mary had sent that the sickness is not unto death. It had a purpose. He told them it was for the glory of God so that the Son of God could be glorified. Well, you find after this, the disciples, Martha, Mary, and even those that went to comfort them, questioned why he delayed. Why didn't he heal Lazarus? He didn't need to come. He can just speak the word. Aren't you thankful that he can do that tonight? From the throne of heaven, he can just speak the word. Lazarus could have been healed. But the Lord had already announced his purpose. It was to glorify God. You find that was always the purpose 
of the Lord was to glorify his father. When he finally did arrive, Lazarus had been dead four days. That means he died the day the messengers were on their way back. He was there, and even though he had given this word that Lazarus' sickness was not unto death, when he arrived there, he found them questioning his love, his care, and through that, his word, his ability to keep his promises. So there, uh, coming upon the, the grief, the mourning, and the unbelief, it says that the Lord, in that environment, he, he groaned in the spirit and wept openly. Isaiah 53, 3 says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It's been speculated from then to now why he wept, why he groaned. Consider again what was read in the opening text, that conversation with Martha when he arrived. It says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She had already moved past what the Lord had said, that that sickness would not be unto death. But then she said, But I know that even now whatsoever thou ask will, will ask of God, God will give it thee. She should have stopped right there and just camped on that. I, I realize that you're the son of God. Whatever you would ask from your father in heaven, he'll do it. The Lord responded to her, thy brother shall rise again. And then you find Martha then going back to her understanding, her interpretation, and her belief of the scriptures, which was a correct, but it, it was not complete. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last days. Well, Jesus wanted her to realize something. You shouldn't just look at the event. Look at the one that causes that event. The one who is the power behind that event that you're speaking of. He said, I am the resurrection. You're talking about an event way off there in God's time. But I'm right here. And I am the resurrection. And the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Then said she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. 
You know, it's easy to say that we believe something. And it's easy in our, our, our mind to believe something. But now take ye away the stone. Now there's a lot more to just rolling that stone away from the sepulcher that day. She was saying that she believed that he was the son of God. But now here comes the test. Roll that stone away. What did she believe? Well, she said, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he's been dead four days. You see, she was saying she believed. But there was a problem. I have some evidence here. I, I have these circumstances here. But she was forgetting she was before the one who had the power to change those circumstances. Do you really believe that I'm the son of God? Saying I believe, but there's the reality. Don't roll that stone away. It's going to stink. He's been dead four days. Consider the science. It clearly shows it's not possible. Well, we want to be careful with the promises of God. We don't want our own reasoning to get in the way. Jesus had already given his word, in effect, his promise. He had a purpose. This was all working to his plan. That's the key, his plan. She was having a problem with her plan. Her plan wasn't working very good. In her mind, this was not going to turn out very well. How much different this story would have been if when he arrived, she would have declared to everybody, the Lord is here. He's going to raise my brother. That's what he said he was going to do. The Lord said, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. When Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. It's been said that if he had not specifically named him, then all those who had died in faith would have immediately come forth. Well, Jesus alone can say to the dead, come forth, and death must yield to the one who has conquered death. We heard Brother Dwayne testify. He was dead in his trespasses and his sins. The Lord said, come forth. And that resurrection power was there to redeem him. Well, Lazarus came forth. That same resurrection power of Christ is here tonight. Again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the resurrection and the life. And just as he had given that promise to Martha and Mary, 
you can be assured of the promise that he has given to save you. When you respond to that spirit that's saying, come forth, just come forth, just respond to my spirit that's calling after your heart. Come forth, repent of your sins, cry out to me. When Lazarus responded, it says that he came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And the Lord said, loose him and let him go. If you respond to the spirit that's calling you, you're going to find the Lord's going to take away the sin that, that has you bound, habits that have you bound. And he will loose you from them. But also to the seeker. Could there be a, a stone that you've allowed to remain between you and receiving the promise that God has made for you? Doubt and unbelief will roll a stone there and, and make it impossible to believe that you can receive that promise from God. Well, if you're seeking something from God, just, just come down and say, Lord, help me to roll that stone away. No matter what I think, just like Martha that was so certain that if they rolled that stone away, they were just going to find the the rotting corpse of her brother in there. No. No, God had made a promise. And if God has made a promise to you to entirely sanctify you, to fill you with the Holy Spirit, or whatever promise that you're seeking God for, whatever has come in there that has convinced you that it might not be for you, you need to roll that away. And remember that he said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I can resurrect that hope in you. I can resurrect that promise in you. And I can give you the victory. Will you come forth tonight? We're going to have a time of prayer. The same Lord that came that day to Mary and Martha, he's here tonight to hear and answer your prayer. He's here to do a miracle. There's nothing impossible for him. Uh, he can take something that might seem hopeless and dead in your heart and resurrect it here tonight. The song's 333 and the altars of prayer are open.